This is a true story. The events depicted on this podcast took place in Connecticut in 1986. No names have been changed. Out of respect for the dead, the rest will be told exactly as it occurred. On November 18, 1986, 39-year-old Hella Crafts was returning home with a close friend from a European flight assignment. Hella was a flight attendant for Pan American Airways. She had confided in co-workers that she was moving towards ending her marriage of 12 years with her husband, Richard. Her suspicions of Richard's infidelity had recently been confirmed, cementing an already rocky relationship. Ella had expressed previous fears to friends and family concerning Richard's behavior and temper, issuing a foreboding warning that would ultimately ring true. The night she was dropped off at home, she would never be seen again. Yeah. Hell yeah. Hey, everybody. Welcome back. Episode four, A Dark Tale. Welcome to A Dark Tale. That's my <laughs> co-host. He's the automatic uh, push-button thing. What are those things called? It makes uh, sounds. The um, something with a C, com- comp. Comp. Anybody that has any audio experience, email me what that is. Because I sure as fuck don't. <laughs> Today we're covering the Woodchipper Murder. It's a classic from the fall of 1986. What a great year. It was the year I was conceived. That, no one needed to know that. Well, it's out there now. No, can't take it back. Can't take it back. The internet knows. Yeah, it's not like we can edit this or anything. <laughs> nope, I'm going to put it in. <laughs> okay, so it's the fall of 1986. Newtown, Connecticut. Affluent neighborhood. Right. Ella Crafts is a flight attendant for Pan Am. We went over this in the in the intro, I think, right? Uh, not not specifically. We didn't go over details. We just okay. covered. Uh, Either way, if we. Oh didn't. yeah, we did. No, we. You're right. Well, too late. I'm going over it again. So, Ella Crafts is a flight attendant for Pan Am. Her husband Richard is a pilot and part-time cop. Now, I looked yeah, into yeah. this a, lo- a little bit. Okay. I did look into it because I was questioning it before, like, how the hell are you a part-time cop? Yeah, we were just spitballing about how that can happen. We had no idea. So he was, like, basically a volunteer, almost like a volunteer firefighter. That's what I... I we brought this up during our conversation. But he was on police payroll. Okay. So he was, like... It's it's kind of so like you do that. you do so because we said this because it was a, a pilot right so you yeah. you pro- he probably just did volunteer a certain amount of free time uh, that's to exactly them. what it was and, and then during that time he also got paid it wasn't right. yeah okay right so that's pretty much how he did that so now that that little side note is unnecessary <laughs> detail <laughs> anyway he um they're married twelve years and it's a rocky rocky relationship were they the same airline. No, he worked for Eastern Airlines. She worked for Pan Pan American. Airlines. Do you do you think anybody called him a set of lovebirds at their marriage? 
<laughs> that was good though thank you I, i've been th I, i've been thinking about it for a week <laughs> <laughs> anyway um so the the relationship is rocky to begin with for for however long it's been rocky it's 12 years or together so after suspicion of infidelity mm -hmm. hella goes and hires a private investigator and she basically says, you know, I want you to follow my husband, find out what you can. I think he's cheating. And he comes back with some pictures and some information confirming her suspicions. Bad news. Bad news, yeah. So she, she sees pictures with uh, some woman, and um, P.I. actually tapped the, uh, the craft's home phone. So she allowed him to she do, allowed that? Oh, him okay. to do wow. that. Yeah. So Holy crap. So... What was coming up on phone records were phone numbers that Hella didn't recognize. A lot of it, you know, she knew. It costs you... nothing to have an honest conversation. My God. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Never mind. Never mind. I'm, I, I'm putting my foot in my mouth because this is kind of stuff that adds up later. So <laughs> Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You'll see where this goes. So... On top of the, yeah, the phone's happening, there's also pictures of him with a woman and they're yeah. being <clears throat> openly and affectionate and kissing, rubbing his back and all that stuff. But these are public pictures. It's not like them in a seedy hotel room or anything like that. Okay. Wait, so they're in public? They're in public, yeah. Wow. So this breaks her heart. Rightfully so. She's been telling her family for some time that she's been leaning on the side of divorce. She's been looking towards that route okay she's so written her mother a couple times saying that she's unhappy um she's made claims to family members and friends that she's been hit by richard uh i don't know how deep that goes but we're not going to get into all that bottom line is she wanted to, to divorce him bad relationship all around all around got it so when she goes away on a um or she comes back rather from a flight assignment in Europe. A flight assignment being she just she's just on a flight, she goes out to one, she presumably comes right back. Is that just a... Uh... Well, I, I, well, because it's in Europe, I imagine she's going for a few days. Okay. And then she comes back, and they're required a certain amount of rest mm -hmm. by law. Uh, but before she goes, she goes and sees an attorney named Diane Anderson concerning the divorce proceedings. And with the, uh, she also helped her out with the PI. Okay, good. Yeah, so she, it sounded like she had her mind set up from the beginning. Or not from the beginning. It, it sounded like this was a bad relationship. She was serious. And she was talking to a lawyer who probably got her in contact with the PI. He's like, okay, you're going to be divorcing. Um, it's not enough to just say he hit you. We, he's, you're saying, he's, he's, let's get proof of wrongdoing here. Boom, cheating. He's a shitty, yeah, he is right. a shitty husband. She right? wasn't jumping to any conclusions because she did have three kids. She didn't want to really break up the family if it was just on some suspicion. Yeah. So she wanted to be sure to hold the family intact as mm -hmm. long as possible. Noble effort on her part. So although a devout, loving mother, she does decide to go and go ahead and get divorced. She tells friends... She tells family, and I would, after say, I would say because she's a loving mother, if it, given the uh, well, yeah, nature, given the circumstances, given the, and yeah, the nature absolutely. of what we know of uh, this person, absolutely. So as she's going through this proceeding with the lawyer, 
At one point or another, she tells the lawyer, Diane Anderson, if something should happen to me, don't think it was any kind of an accident. Wow. And Diane Anderson took a special note of that because it's not something a divorce attorney would hear. No, that's a big deal. She said, it's a very unusual comment for a client of mine to make, even as a divorce attorney. Mm -hmm. So anyway. Back to this flight assignment. She goes, goes away for a few days. She comes back November 18th, 1986. A friend drops her off, and that's the last time anybody outside of her family, and when I say family, the home, outside yeah. of the home, sees her alive. That's it. That's it for any public sighting of Hella Crafts. She's due back at work, I guess, either a couple days later, maybe the next day, I'm not sure. She misses her next flight assignment. She misses a few days of work, yeah. and people start to yeah. call her at home. So she's and okay. the first call that the first call that Richard gets, he says that she went to Denmark to take care of her mother, who was ill. But later, he would change his story to telling people that he that Hella was on vacation with friends. And again, this is a woman who had three children. She wouldn't just up and leave. She had a full-time job. She wouldn't mm -hmm. just up and leave. She had responsibilities and obligations to meet, and she wasn't going to just go on vacation. No, of course not. You... And just a vague vacation by Richard's account. She went on a vacation to the Canary Islands with friends. Yeah. the uh, Very vague. And it also came back... Say again? Red flags all around. Yeah. Also, her mother wrote back saying that she was never even sick. So how long is she missing at this point? Probably a couple of days, a week. And as and it's just cursory calls, like phone calls. And right now they're just getting this. Uh, they're just getting Richard, who's telling them lies. Right. And there's a collective concern that's starting to grow. And when Hella's lawyer brings info to the the private investigator, whose name I forgot to mention is Keith Mayo. Mm -hmm. She brings this information about the statement that Hella made to Keith Mayo. Keith Mayo has the information that he's gotten in his investigations that Richard is unfaithful. Yeah. Now nobody can find Hella. Right. Everyone's concerned, and these are the only two people, the lawyer and the investigator, that have any kind of authority on what to do. So they go to the police. Of course. I'm surprised she didn't go right to the police, but I guess she had uh, close correspondence with uh, Mr. Mayo. Exactly. Well, like I said earlier, they initially helped each other out. Diane helped Hella find Keith yeah. Mayo t to do the private investigation. Diane and Keith Mayo, they, they go and file a missing persons report with the Newtown Police Department. But according to Keith Mayo, for whatever reason, his report fell on deaf ears and he had to launch his own private inv investigation into her disappearance. I don't know why that is. They, they weren't taking these claims seriously, even between a, a lawyer and investigator? Well, they presented whatever have evidence they did have and I guess for whatever reason... Just brushed out to the side? Well, it goes like this. When you have a 39-year-old woman leave and there's no evidence of struggle wrongdoing even though the circumstances are very suspect authorities really can't do anything when you're 
when you're an adult, you're allowed to leave your husband if you want to. True. You don't need anyone's consent. Yeah, you may legally need to have a divorce in order to proceed forward legally with another marriage down the line. Right. That may be true. But in all reality, if I'm married or a woman is married to a man she doesn't want to be with, she can freely walk out the door whenever yeah. she chooses. We have what looks like it's a by the books, like a wealthy family, uh, the unhappy wife wants to get a divorce. There's, mo there's, there's money in the family. Right. Um, so yeah. so it, it, we, you may think it's like, oh, yeah, it's so clear cut. This, uh, it's obvious like what happened there. But you're right. There's nothing directly linking anyone to any sort of situation where she did go missing. Yeah. It's just The only thing conjecture. they have to go on is, right, exactly, conjecture. It's people's opinions of Richard acting odd and doing odd mm -hmm. things, saying odd things, and giving odd responses about Hella's whereabouts. But you need evidence. Exactly. That's the biggest burden in this entire case is the burden of evidence. Mm -hmm. And there is none. Not yet, anyway. There will be. But right now, there's no evidence. So, Keith Mayo starts to launch his own private investigation. First thing he does... Get him, Keith. He, he interviews the live-in maid, whose name is Dawn Marie Thomas. It's just everything... <sighs> Sorry. It's just everything out of a detective show, isn't it? Oh, let's, let's look at the maid first. <laughs> what did you, what'd you hear? Well, you have to look at the people closest. I, I know. It's just, uh, it's, and this it's a famous case for a reason, you know? It, it, oh, yeah. If it sounds familiar, that's probably because it touched a lot of uh, pieces of fiction, even, even television shows that aren't, like, listed. In, we'll get there. Yeah. yeah. We'll, get well um, that's what I was, I, I know we will get there, but uh, I'm saying even beyond, like, you can look up the ways... Like we directly will reference Fargo, but I'm saying in smaller, smaller, even smallest ways, like people watching Law and Order. Oh you know, yeah, just little shit. Like always, look at the husband. Well, that's the way it goes. Yeah, you work your way out because of precedent. So shit works. Keith Mayo he interviews uh, Dawn, the nanny, mm -hmm. and she tells Keith about a dark grapefruit-sized stain on the carpet in the master bedroom. Oh. It was never there before. And for some reason, Richard suddenly rips up pieces of carpet from the master bedroom, and he doesn't give any reason for doing so. So she thought that was odd. She didn't directly confront him, but she just, this was something she noticed. There was also a large freezer in the, in the, in the garage, I believe, or the basement, but that was suddenly missing from the garage. And there was credit card receipts for odd rentals and purchases around the time of Hella's dis disappearance. Certain things like a U-Haul van, a chainsaw, oh, and a large industrial-sized wood chipper. Gotta gotta clear the yard. Gotta clear the yard and and haul the lumber, <laughs> and then chip it. By this point, Hella's missing about. Two weeks. I said, I'm estimating. I don't know for sure. Right. So Rough please timeline. don't hate me for that. We'll just hate you for everything else, Joe. Don't hate worry about it. Hate me for anything else. Just I don't know about this, okay? 
But with all his odd behavior, Richard is still continuing his affairs. What an idiot. He's pimping, pimping. I'm a pilot, bitch. Look at these stripes, bitch. Whatever. They love it. My wife? Yeah, don't worry about my wife. I got stripes. Yeah, I'm married, not dead. Mile high club, fool. That's my wife. (laughs) So are we going to do this thing or what? (laughs) Oh, you. (laughs) So with all this odd behavior, police finally ask Richard to come in and take a polygraph. And he agrees to. Now, I have mixed feelings about polygraphs. I want to inject my own opinion. Very well. I heard that line from Seinfeld when I, when I was a kid, and it kind of stuck with me ever since. And it, what? It's not a lie, if you believe it. <laughs> and, and like, it, in reg- especially in regards to polygraphs. And it is my understanding that they are not all that accurate. That's why they're not allowed in courtroom testimony. Yeah. Was, was that the same? Was that true at the time, too? It's always been true. Okay. I did not know they're, not accurate yeah. they may have been allowed as evidence at one point in time but they were discredited do you know who invented the polygraph no i got his name <laughs> joe martin is that his name i don't know the creator of wonder woman he had a thing about the truth if you would notice that hmm. <laughs> he also had a thing about bondage thus the lasso creepy facts with james <laughs> You can do your own little, like, section on the podcast. <laughs> Just creepy known facts about the Marvel Universe or some shit. Here's Where was how, she DC? Huh? Uh, she was DC, but it's it's more like, guess how this affects you in weird ways. Like, I don't know, <laughs> not like that, but like, I don't know, that's, that's how pop, that's the amazing thing about pop culture. You look at the, uh, but truth is stranger than fiction because... Well, this this is pretty strange. That's what I mean. Like it, when you when it's in a movie, I'm not I'm not going to digress too long. But when it's in a movie and and it's under a set of circumstances, you can believe those circumstances as they're presented to you because you can see the perspectives and the points of view and the plot, and you understand it if it's good. You also know that you're watching a movie. Exactly. That you have suspension of disbelief. I truly can't believe that someone like Richard would just off his wife and then keep living life and then just lie about it and just think he would get away with that what yeah. a dumbass like, you know what yeah. i mean <laughs> yeah all right moving on so for uh, i don't i if i were in a situation guilty or innocent i don't take a polygraph i, I would like to try one no i'm saying if i'm in a position even when I'm oh, innocent. Oh, like... Wh- if I'm in a real position yes. where I'm asked to take, to take a polygraph. A poly- you're right. Like, if res- I'm innocent, and I know I'm innocent, I'm not taking a polygraph. Shit, I already said I want to take one. So now some shit's going to come out. Yeah, I'll take one. Yeah, I'll take one to just, just to see. Sure. Yeah. But I'm not taking one. Right, under, like, I understand. If it comes down to it, like... <laughs> God forbid if something should I ever happen that, to my significant other. And on other. that note, I feel like I would ace it, man. Like, even if I if I did some stone-cold shit, fuck you. I'll, 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 I'll kiss Stanza. I can kiss Stanza. Well, you could call it a craft because he aced his polygraph. Oh, shit. Yeah. Oh, damn. Yeah. The original can't stand you. He passed with flying colors. Never polygraph mind. administrators couldn't find a single sign of deception. Because the, it sucks. <laughs> 
because it sucks. I think Penn and Teller said like they did something on their uh, their old show bullshit. Well, no, it it it's not it's not foolproof, but it's not fail safe. True, but but I'm saying that there's a couple ways to manipulate it too, and this is what they what I've seen i don't i don't know the full but it's something as simple as apparently clenching your butthole changes your your blood pressure enough to kind of fuck up the needle so like who, who knows that's what i mean it's bullshit <laughs> i wouldn't i would like to take one for funsies but i i'd also if held to my word i wouldn't want to be held no, to my word for, for yeah a polygraph Give me a lawyer. Yeah, give me a lawyer. <laughs> just give me the lawyer i can't represent myself i'm dumb yeah <laughs> give me the lawyer <laughs> So, authorities are now well aware of evidence looming over Richard. You know, things aren't looking good. Mm -hmm. Other than this polygraph, things are starting to look weird. His wife is gone. He's Nobody, suave, but not smart. He's got no idea. She hasn't reached out to him. She didn't leave a note. She hasn't called. Nothing. Nobody's heard from her. There's general concern. But he is going about his life. So. Okay. Everybody else is showing some sort of concern, and he's going about his business. What do I have so, in my notes here? Despite Record passing, podcast. Okay. Despite passing the lie detector, authorities call in a forensic expert. Mm -hmm. Now, this guy, some of you listening may already know. I don't know if you know who, who this gentleman is, but... I know the name. Oh, wait, no. I know the last name. Everybody knows the last name. <laughs> His name's Dr. Henry Lee. Dr. Henry Lee. He is one of the world's foremost forensic scientists. They pulled away the Dr. Henry Lee to work on this case. This is one of his first major cases. The Along with Dr. this Henry case, Lee. Dr. Lee has worked on the John Benet Ramsey murder, the Nicole Brown Simpson and Ron Goldman murder, the O.J. Simpson yeah. case, the Lacey Peterson case. He also worked on the Washington, D.C. sniper shootings. And if anybody's familiar with the Netflix special, The Staircase. I am not. You, know, you haven't seen The Staircase? No. Highly recommend it. Okay. He was called in to look at the blood spatter on, on The Staircase in the Michael Peterson case. Michael Peterson's wife allegedly fell down the stairs and died. But there's another looming amount of evidence showing that he killed his wife. Can you imagine being so good at analyzing forensic evidence that they just call you in for the high-profile crap? And th he's the one. Wow. He's the one they call. He also worked on post-9-11 investigations mm -hmm. and, reinvest and reinvestigated the JFK assassination. That's amazing. An impressive. As well as countless others. So what Dr. Lee came in and did, he took a tour of the Crafts residence with police. And in doing so, he observed and collected small pieces of physical evidence, most notably hairs from Hella's brush, her hairbrush. Mm -hmm. He also found five microscopic stains on the mattress in the master bedroom, which later was determined as O positive. This is the same blood type of Hella Crafts. Now, you indicated to me earlier, and this is something I was totally ignorant about, that O positive is like... The most common the blood most type. Com the most common blood type. Yep, that's mine. That I being know, said, I know positive. That being well, now that can't be taken back. <laughs> the internet knows. Now, you know, now they're going to harvest, harvest my blood. They're oh. going to form your blood. Again, the most common blood type. <laughs> <laughs> so, with that being said, we can't immediately jump to conclusions 
Scientifically, we cannot jump to conclusions that this is Helicraft's blood. Do we know Richard's blood type? It does, it's not... We don't. Okay. They were only going off of typing and not... There was no DNA evidence? At this point, this is all they have. Just the blood typing. So... Can be done at, with a simple at-home kit? <laughs> not quite. Hey. They did microscopic testing, okay. and they the first thing they wanted to test about the blood is what part of the body did it come from. Okay, understood. They understand that there's two people that mainly use that room. Mm -hmm. Richard Crafts and Heller Crafts. Occasionally, the nanny comes in to clean up. But those two people are usually the only two people right. in the bedroom. But blood so, in the bedroom still be circumstantial that's true i have blood in my bedroom that's what i'm getting at that's what i'm getting at the point is it could be her blood that means absolutely nothing right so they do this test they want to they want to find out is it what where what part of the body does the blood come from right that's important but it so the test confirms that there it was vascular or circulation blood as opposed to menstrual blood yeah you would look for like a ural tissue Dr. Lee states there would have to have been trauma to the body in some form in order for that pattern to have been created. Okay. So even though the pattern of blood was very, very small, microscopic, you couldn't see it with your naked eye, for the way that it did spray or splatter on the mattress, it would have had to have been caused by some sort of trauma. Just the, the fact that, like, okay. The pattern that it was in. Yep. Right. Just microscopic pieces. Like we found like this droplet, almost like looking for a nugget of gold in a river. Like we found one here. We got to move smaller than that. Yeah. Well, I'm, yeah. Metaphorically speaking, then you got to move all the way down. There's one. Now we look, draw these two lines between these two microscopic pieces and then say, that's the pattern. That's right. That's amazing. And this is not a flat surface. Remember, this is just, yeah. this is a, a mattress. Sure. So there's grooves and little tiny fibers and mm, that's the microscopic stuff that you can't really get out with uh, normal elbow grease i think in addition to the microscopic pattern dr lee studied the angle of the blood pattern and in the intensity of the blood's impact and included that the individual struck was hit with a blunt object while e either bent over or kneeling near the mattress now he determined this because there was also a six-inch blood smear on the side of the mattress. That's how he determined that the person was either kneeling or, or, or bent over. Bent over, doubled over, even. Yeah. So his, his, Dr. Lee's line of thinking is, Helicrafts was struck once with a blunt object, yeah. bringing her to her, her knees, and then she was struck again with what may have been the fatal blow. This is speculation because we don't know for sure what actually happened in the bedroom. He's just trying to paint a picture with, or not paint a picture. He's trying to say, this is what this evidence leads me to believe thus far and nothing else. Perfectly said. On top of the blood, all of the bathroom towels had been recently washed and were hanging over the, over the shower curtain. However, Dr. Lee tested these towels and when he tested them, he'd found that at one point they had been soaked in blood. So there's no way that these he, towels he, could have been menstrual blood or... Yeah, this was a this serious was accident. an effort to hide. Right. He, 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 Dr. Lee said something along the lines of... the cleanup, too. It was an effort to hide cleanup. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. 
But with no body, no weapon, or any witnesses, police needed more information surrounding the time of the disappearance and the circumstances. Still not enough. So they asked around, knocked on doors. They did their beat work and about anything out of the ordinary surrounding the time leading up to or after her disappearance. And their efforts didn't go unfounded. They what actually they led to a break. Wow. The week Hella disappeared, it snowed. Never laugh at grunt work. Get shit done. It does. At least in homicide investigation. The week Hella disappeared, it snowed. A snowplow driver reported seeing a large wood chipper on a bridge about 3 a.m. in the morning. And he said at the same time he was passing by... Who called this in? This was a snowplow driver. Uh, he said as he was passing the wood chipper, uh, a man appeared briefly wearing an orange poncho. Maybe it's one of them city workers trying to... At 3 a.m.? You're right. <laughs> Anything past 12... They're ghosts. That's serious overtime. <laughs> serious overtime. Anyway, he coming back, he saw the same wood chipper an hour later on River Road. Serious overtime. So I don't know how far River Road is from the initial point where he saw the man in the orange poncho and the wood chipper. Mm-hmm. We're presuming that's Richard. Let's not. It's let's not. not words there. Yeah. Uh, so investigators... Ask the snowplow driver, can you take us personally to the location where you saw the wood chipper? And call them back. And he goes, sure. So authorities were led to the banks of Lake Zoar. Initially, Zoar. all that was found were mounds of wood chips and melting snow. But upon closer investigation, however, investigators would find pieces of a letter. It was a, it was a piece of mail addressed to Miss Hella L. Crafts. They found a, they found a an intact letter. Did it was shredded, but they could read. You could it, read the name. They were able Hella, to recover. You that. could read her full name wow. on the front of the letter. Yeah. Now looking closer at the scene at Lake Zoar, Zoar, Zoar. Sorry, I really can't say that. It's, I'm not even sure that's correct. Zoar, Zoar, Zoar. That's how I've heard it pronounced. So I'm just assuming that's correct. Okay. They also found bits of blonde hairs, and uh, from there on, police spent days scouring the side of the lake. In addition to the letter and the hairs, police find blue fibers. Was now the police are all? I mean, um, at this point, police are police are involved. Involved. I was going to say now at this point is this a whole public case? Because once people once their search yeah. efforts. Dragging a lake. Right. That's a yeah. big deal. Yeah. It's, it's a missing person investigation at this point. So in addition to the letter and the hairs, police find blue fibers, a piece of metal, and tiny pieces of what appeared to be bone fragments. So along with all of this, they also find a fingernail. I said the snow was melting, starting mm-hmm. to melt. Yeah. Up against a wall somewhere along the river. I guess I'm guessing against the bridge. They found a, uh, a fingernail with red nail polish on it, and this prompted investigators to call dive teams because they figured they may have a body. Yeah, now they have a uh, piece of human. Right. So they found uh, all these things. Did on they, the riverbank. Like uh, along different points, or was it all kind of in one concentrated It didn't really area? say. Uh, yeah, I want to assume it was in a... Maybe not too much of a concentrated area, but I'm sure it was somewhat... In a localized area. In a localized area. It's a good way of putting it, yeah. 
So the dive team comes in and they're dredging the river and what divers would find in the water would be strange to say the very least. Freshwater fish. They're usually not there. <laughs> Pieces of a chainsaw. Pieces of a chainsaw? What, he threw the, the fucking chainsaw on the wood chipper? I don't know if he threw it through the wood chipper, but he, he, he dismantled it in some way and scratched the serial number off. Oh, shit. Okay. Okay, so he, he, he totally disassembled it. Yeah. He took it apart. Uh, so all this that was found, the chainsaw along with the fibers and, and the piece of metal, whatever else they found, the tiny bone fragments or what they think are bone fragments, they are all sent to the Connecticut State Police Forensic Laboratory, and Dr. Lee and his team begin the forensic work. And this is really where this story starts to take a turn, because mm -hmm. they start to really piece this thing together forensically. Yeah. There is no body. There is no witnesses. Nobody knows anything. All they know is that this woman's gone. And we have, yeah, we have suspicious behavior from the husband. That's it. So by now, the story has reached international headlines. To answer your earlier question, is this in the public eye? Yes. Hard it's, yes. It's worldwide at this Escalating point. Escalating quickly. Because Richard is the number one suspect. Although he's passed a polygraph, he's still in the public eye, the number one guy. Yeah, so this, this was because they kept hitting these roadblocks of lack of evidence. And meanwhile, the nation is like screaming their heads off like, it's the fucking husband. Exactly. <laughs> and, and really, they really can't do anything yeah. about it. I'm sure there were even some cops like, it's the fucking husband. Yeah, can, and they couldn't do shit I can about think it. Of, I can think of a couple cases throughout my life that were a lot like that. Sure. You know? And that's scary when you get wrapped up in the legal public system opinion. Is very, very, <laughs> very complicated. Yeah. But what Richard did was maintained his innocence, went about his life. He told reporters that he took and he passed a lie detector. He didn't know where he was, his wife was, and he remained adamant about not being involved with her disappearance. So to him, it was just... You just keep... Uh, it was a uh, uh, an inconvenience. Yeah, you just keep repeating the lie until people around you start repeating the lie for you. But with no evidence, again, no evidence to warrant an arrest, Richard Kraft would remain a free man. Fuck. I wonder if he, if he was still getting with that side piece of his. At this point? <laughs> yeah. That's a good question. <laughs> if she's like still... Uh... You know what? I don't even care that she's missing. I just, I just think you're amazing. You remember that joke you made when we first met about your wife? That was a joke, right? <laughs> yeah, it was a joke. Great. <laughs> not trying to criticize a real person here. Yeah, she's not listening. <laughs> what if she is, though? Good. Thanks for listening. So, uh, tell your friends. What the fuck happened? Get it, come on the show. So you were having sex with the little fella here. Tell us about little Richard. Even. Okay, then. So the biggest difficulty in this case, even with all the signs pointing at Richard, is the burden of proof. And we said this in the beginning. There's no weapon. There's no body. Proving the case to be a homicide would be a difficult task for Dr. Lee, but they would ultimately bring it home. He was up for the challenge. Prosecutors, in order to charge somebody with a homicide, need one of two things either a death certificate from a medical examiner 
or a whole mountain of evidence to prove that someone is in fact dead and was murdered. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's, it's hard to, to prove that somebody was killed when you don't have a fucking body. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, who knows that the people killing people. Yeah. (laughs) So Dr. Lee, knowing he has to start somewhere, he starts with the chainsaw on the actual blade or chain of the chainsaw. He finds a human hair and tissue. Good start. Yep. And a very minute piece of fiber, barely visible, on, even under the microscope. And from being under the river, right? They dumped this yes. shit? That's yes. amazing. This is the chainsaw. Yeah, yeah. That, that is still submerged and all that. He probably dumped that and thought, whatever's left on it will just be washed away. Fuck no. And get this, the fiber was matched with Hella's favorite nightshirt. So even from being underwater... They were able to compare it. Oh. I, for, I failed to mention um, the fibers found at the river, riverbank were also a match for Hella's nightshirt. So the, the fibers on the chainsaw, the fibers found at the riverbank all matched Hella's nightshirt. So it, it came from the same source. Um, Dr. Lee's team would use a special chemical solution on the chainsaw in order to re-raise or undo the damage that the water did to the piece of the chainsaw where the serial number was scratched off. He scratched it off and they were able to recover it? Yeah, he scratched it. It wasn't done very well. It almost looks like it was just kind of chipped away. Yeah, nothing he did here was done that well. No, not really. It was kind of almost half a like he killed her all the way and then half-assed the rest. Speaking of stupidity, they were able to determine that Richard Crafts bought this particular chainsaw because the dumbass sent in the warranty card. In the 80s, when you bought something, a piece of, a piece oh, of hardware, wow. you, you couldn't just automatically obtain the warranty. You had to send away for it, and uh-huh. it would be mailed to you at a later time. So he sent away for a warranty card on a murder weapon. Well, you don't want to lose money on it. I mean, you know, because um, when it's damaged or, you know, if they cover all it's sorts not, of... It's just not getting through the femur. I don't know what's... Yeah, I, I got this specifically for bone, and uh, it is not going through bone. It's just not working out. I dumped it in the river. So, can I have my money? <laughs> Next, Dr. Lee wanted to test the hairs found at the river and on the chainsaw. There were 2,660 hairs. Each one of them was examined under a microscope. And in comparing all the hairs taken from Helicraft's hairbrush in the home, mm-hmm. along with those found at the scene, it was determined that they were indeed Helicraft's hair. Now, this doesn't mean that they can go ahead and determine that she's dead. But throughout this investigation, people are starting to realize what actually happened yeah. they're putting the pieces together they're seeing what's involved and um it's, it's worse than people thought yeah one detective even told his commanding officer my god if he did what i'm thinking he did it might be time for me to retire wow now this was a, a an older gentleman i heard so, say this a seasoned detective so 
just think about some of the things he may have seen throughout his career in, in order for him to say something and like that. He kicked up his feet and he's like, I don't understand the world anymore. <laughs> and then he's like, this is no country for old men. And then and then the Cohen's brothers were underneath the window. We're like, there it is. There it is. Fargo and a col- and no country for old men that, in one fucking shot. Well, no, nah, that that literally is uh, the almost the ending of, of that movie. Yeah, that's crazy. That's man. a good point. I didn't even. Uh, huh. That's cool. Pop culture and murder. Yeah. Okay, so next, Doctor Lee's team would focus their attention on the fingernail with the red nail polish. Now, this was almost child's play for the forensic and this was almost child's play for the forensic analysts a chemist well again dr lee did the walkthrough of the craft's residence he took a bottle of helicraft's nail polish gave it to his chemist the chemist took the nail polish found at the scene, compared it with the, that of polish in the bottle. It's all matched. All a match. The organic and the chemical compounds are the same. Mm-hmm. Now, again, that could have been a fingernail from somebody else with the same nail polish as Helicraft's. This is still considered circumstantial. Even though it's physical, it's circumstantial because we do not have any body. Yeah. So, with that being said, Dr. Lee made a phone call to... A biological anthropologist, Dr. Albert Harper. He called Dr. Harper in order to take a look at the the tiny fragments that Dr. Lee thought might be bone fragments. Mm -hmm. Were they? I'm going to let you know in a second. Lee then rented the same model wood chipper with Dr. Harper and conducted a a test. What they did was they got a, a pig because pigs have the same skin and bone density as humans yeah they're used uh in the medical field they're used, right they're used ballistically I mean, they're used for a lot of stuff right for uh, because of how closely they resemble humans right and anatomy and everything so in this case they were going through the wood chipper huh they sent pigs through a wood chipper yeah oh they wanted to see if what everybody was thinking was the case yeah you know dead pigs right no it was a no no Animals were harmed in the making of this test. Unlike training for um, field uh, medics, corpsmen specifically for the Marines, there's a pig test. Shoot a pig, you have to save his life. Oh, shit. Yeah. Did not know that. Yeah. So they found that the pig, the pig bones came out of the wood chipper with the same cut pattern as the debris found by the river. The debris thought to be bone. Dr. Harper looked at the river debris under a spectrograph and noticed tiny, tiny grooves. He determined that the grooves could have only come from one thing. Blood vessels found in the human skull. These are blood vessels that only humans have. Mm -hmm. So the grooves that were found in the debris found at the scene are human skull fragments. The pieces are coming together. Literally. He also identified skull fragments from the side of the head, which were, incidentally, the most important, forensically speaking. So now investigators know for sure that a human being is in fact dead. The next thing they have to determine is who. To determine this, Dr. Harper froze a piece of the bone in liquid nitrogen in order to run a test on the blood type that used to run through the marrow. When the results came back, they showed O positive. 
Now, this is a match for the same blood type that was on the mattress right. in the craft's bedroom. Now, the pieces are really starting to come together here. Experts found a tooth at the scene. Now, Did they not tooth. already know it was Helicraft's? This or tooth was... To link it. They initially found a crown, just a piece of metal I mentioned in the beginning. This was the tooth from the... Uh, I don't know if it was that crown, the tooth from that crown. But they, they looked through her dental records extensively. Yes, it was determined that it was her tooth. Okay. We don't have to go through each test that they did, but yeah, it was determined that it was Helicraft's tooth. Evidence-wise, this pretty much seals the deal, and Richard is charged and arrested with the murder of his wife in 1987. So what was the final image that came together now? Hella comes home November 18th. She's dropped off by a friend. Now we pick up where we kind of left off in the opening. Yeah. So now she, now we, we have seen what has happened now. Right. She goes home. She goes home. Richard and her get into an argument, presumably about the divorce. Mm -hmm. What we failed to mention was, well, we know we didn't really fail to mention it, that they're a well-to-do family. Richard did not want to separate with his money. If, if they were to divorce, Hella would have got a nice chunk of change. Yeah, again, we talked. She discussed this with her lawyer. Her lawyer set her up with a private investigator. Private investigator has found evidence of cheating. It, and not only that, but has mentioned before that there's been a history of abuse. All these things paint a really, really good divorce case, especially one that is, is going to inevitably say she gets half of your shit. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, he didn't like that, huh? No, he did. He was not separating with his money. What a dick. I mean, I, look, bitch and moan about your money all you want, but... But fuck. it's not like he was short on cash. Yeah. I honestly think he just... He, I think this guy was... A, I don't even think it was ego. I think he was just cold-hearted and he just didn't. I think he wanted another chick. That's my opinion. Yeah, apparently, and he just... What, just didn't know how to express that? Like, <laughs> For him to go to this extent to kill, to keep something he already has, yeah, that makes me believe that he's in it for another reason. It's not just to keep the money to himself. I think he just, he wants some other pussy. <laughs> I'd, are you going to kill for it? I mean, you're going to kill and then not think about it? I, I've... Was it a crime of passion? Was it? What it? I want to. I want to believe they were in a in some sort of argument. Yeah, about yeah. about money or divorce or what have you, and yeah, he probably yeah. That's so weird. And like Doctor Lee stated, there was some sort of blunt force trauma to the head. So he wasn't thinking. He they were just arguing, and he did it. And once he did it, it was done. And he just wanted to cover his ass. And cover he, his ass? And he just did it in a weird way. A really weird way. I mean, that's pretty much all the evidence they needed to charge him in uh, 1987. Trial began in May of 1988. Yeah, but here's where we get a little weird cherry on top of a weird dessert. Yeah, it's a very strange twist. I don't know how long the trial lasted. I, I think I skimmed over that part. But it was what eighty? Yeah, the trial began okay. in July. May, yeah, May eighty-eight. Where so the it was two months. Where they, uh, where the forensic uh, evidence was the key. That's right. Okay. So, tr 
trial starts in May 1988, and in July the same year, so two yeah, months just, later. Just two months later, don't, that was just the trial. How long deliberations go, I'm not sure. But on July 15th, 1988, the jury is deadlocked, 11 to 1, in favor of conviction. And one juror walks out of deliberations. Wow. Because he, or she, rather, uh, does... Does not favor conviction. Yeah, they don't want to. They want to vote to convict. Yeah, or they're going for a mistrial by doing so. Well, that's what happens, and that's exactly what they got. But oh, you're saying that that was the purpose. that was the, that yeah. Was, walking out of deliberations is is a huge deal like that. I especially with a murder case, I would yeah. have to think that's a there's a criminal offense to that. Now we 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 touched on this before we we started recording, but like jury, I immediately go to Twelve Angry Men, which is like kind of like the perfect set like once all eyes are on one person which i'm not even sure if this is how it's done in murder cases but like if that is the scenario maybe it's a lot of pressure and you don't want to wrongly convict someone and but to stand your ground and say no i will not convict and walk the fuck out and then cause a mistrial for for a dude who is guilty damn you held held up justice for a long time yeah yeah these things don't just happen the justice system, as we know, is very, very slow in this country, and that—I mean—that's just the way it is. It's—it's it, it, it's, you know, if somebody I can respect somebody who who has strong enough principles, like that, like no, nope, I'll stand up for what I believe, and I can't, you know, whatever. Like it's, somebody standing up for the principles, I would respect. But this is like more like mis- this is mis- like flat earthers. Yeah, it's, it's exactly. It's like more like very misplaced belief, right? Because uh, the this, evidence is presented. Yeah, the facts are presented. We're showing you everything. Like it's like it's, one of the, it's laid out in front. He's using. You don't need, in all actuality, in my mind, you do not need a trial to convict this man. You need the evidence. You need a sentencing. Put him you have the evidence, and you have him. Put him with the evidence. In it's, my mind, it's a really done deal. Yeah, it's true. It, it, that evidence, if he were innocent and she went missing under different circumstances, he would have been looking for her. That's <laughs> the thing. <laughs> it's plain and simple. Nobody ever pointed that out. He didn't like, even, he he, didn't even do he, the fake... Uh, he didn't even think to do the nah. fake tears like, I don't know where my wife is. Like, Here's the thing, though. None of them do. What? None of them put on the crocodile tears. This guy didn't. No. Scott Peterson didn't do it. Chris Watts didn't do it yeah. until after he was arrested. What? These... Until they're caught, you're saying? Like to show emotion or remorse for it? I don't even know if Richard Kraft showed any kind of remorse or There's emotion. There's no indication for that. The indication only shows that he just tried to throw Scott people Peterson off the trail. maintains his innocence to this day. Did we talk about this? We didn't do that, yeah. I don't know about it then. Really? Yeah. Oh, this is just going to be t- storytelling to James. Yeah, a lot of this is already. Did you ever see Gone? Is it, yeah, Gone Girl? Yeah. That's the Lacey Peterson story. Oh, wow. Without the twist. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> she actually died. Okay, no, she actually. Yeah, she actually died. But the husband was. Oh, no. Oh, okay. Just, I see now. I see now what you're They were saying. a successful young couple, and just one day she went missing. And then she showed up dead. 
but we'll 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 cover that case. Yeah, but I don't think that Richard is a is a sociopath, and I don't think I think he is. Not in. Not. I'm not saying he's smart. He's. I'm saying but he's he, definitely a sociopath. He tried to manipulate the entire situation. I mean, he told people. Maybe he didn't. I don't know. I. I he well, didn't really like. To, he lied, but he didn't like. That's what I mean. Conjure up stories. That's what I mean. He didn't do that. And when you look at someone like Ted Bundy, who can seemingly call forth any emotion at will, like you can, that's a sociopath. That's what I. That's what I mean. The difference. And like when they when they emulate an emotion. Yeah, and he did have this life and this relationship, and then another relationship. I believe he had empathy. I just think. He maybe he's a true psychopath. I don't think it. Uh, I don't think it's as simple as that. I think it was a passionate thing, and not the fact that he's not like guilty it or anything. And because everything, no, that, everything that followed and no, voice your it, opinion. Yeah, so. it's it's more like it's not sociopathic. It's it's more like uh, just doubling down and just protecting yourself and and. What you think he realized it's he a, fucked it, up it, and yeah, tried to? Yeah, it's a to, case of what someone would do to protect their themselves. And, yeah, yeah, and it's um, it's like oh shit, I fucked up. Yeah, now how do I get out of it? Yeah, exactly. Right. Yeah, like that's, that's, and it, uh, I'm gonna agree with you on that one, there, James. Which is sociopathic behavior for sure, because at that point you're not thinking like oh fuck, I killed someone. Oh fuck, I I. I you know racked with guilt. You're thinking oh how do I get out of this one? Yeah, so, so that yeah. is like good point. So it's it, you know it's it's a mixed mixed things. Well, before we end it here, let's tie a nice bow on everything. A new trial was set, and on November twenty first, nineteen eighty nine, Richard Crafts was found guilty of the murder of his hey! wife. And two months later, in January nineteen ninety, he was sentenced to fifty years in prison. Goodbye, Richard Crafts. Why didn't he get life? Uh, probably for that reason. He wood chipped his wife. You would think you would get okay, first degree. I it may premeditated uh, murder again. Okay, pure conjecture, one hundred percent. But maybe for the reasons I just listed, maybe that's what what they want. Just crime of passion and horrible, horrible, misguided attempts at self preservation. Uh, 50 years is enough time for reformation and probably, I'm not going to say, oh yeah, he's probably fit for society, but like, yeah, no, it, it, no, but no, like no, unlikely no, no, that no. he would like kill again. I, I, I would doubt it. I wouldn't chance it. But yeah, I, I, I understanding. I'm saying that I'm saying from a law perspective, how they see it. That's how they have to see these things because common sense would say like, no, fuck that guy. Put him away and just keep him away from me. Yeah. Uh, but the law, but people do reform and, and sometimes people do commit crimes of passion who aren't assholes and things like that happen. I'm not trying to defend anyone. I'm just saying that a lawyer can argue it is all I'm saying. <laughs> oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. If I can kind of make a half-assed case right right there, I think but a lawyer. But I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go down the line here. First, yeah, yeah. first degree pre- premeditated murder. Oh, right. Because this is premeditated right. as fuck. Right. This is... these. Was I don't even... Premeditated? I, find his actual charges if you can, and I'm going to guess what they are. First degree premeditated murder... 
Mutilation of a corpse. I'm, I'm still looking. That's not on here. So am I. I'm, I'm trying to think of what else might be on this list. Uh, somebody's out there. There's a lawyer out there screaming in his car like, What the fuck? <laughs> oh, no internet. Okay. Mutilation of a corpse. What else? I know. Uh, five minutes later. With the internet, that's later. fine. It's it's actually kind of. I mean, while looking for his charges, I, I I do find that he uh he brought up people painting in that way. A great deal has been said about my apparent lack of emotion. He has ice water in his veins. He said before he was uh, his sentence was imposed. I have feelings like everyone else. His words. So yeah, so he's trying to emulate oh, that. Oh, of course, yeah. And they go on to say that. Uh, they imposed the maximum sentence, just convicted of murder after a second trial. Um, so he wasn't charged with anything other than murder? That's what I, that's what I find. It's not it's just premeditated a, or... I don't think it was premeditated. Mutilation of a court? That, I mean... Oh, that, no, yeah, you're right. But besides everything... No, I, I only see the maximum murder sentence. Wow. Okay. Which I, he'll be out earliest, 2021. Isn't that weird? Just like... Wow, that's like three years. Yeah, it's like yeah, barely. And that well, weird, how old is he? He's gonna he's gonna be at that time. I think it said he's gonna be eighty three. Wow. Yeah. I hope you get out and you hear this, you sick fuck. Come talk to us. Um. So what drove you to murder? Was I, it really, I hope was I hope it, the other the chick was like that worth it, and I hope you're happy with all that what money you saved. Yeah, yeah, really. <laughs> Really great financial decision. Did How much you, did you save in the divorce, Rich? Was the warranty worth it? <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of good pop culture out of you, Richard, so thank you. Yeah, if nothing else, two good movies. I still love the movie Fargo, even even now. William H. Macy was great. series, man. I know, I know. I'm the going first to... season, I will not, no spoilers, first season is about, I will say... Uh, uh, a, a, a rough marriage. I okay. want. I wanted. Okay. I actually wanted to bring, bring okay. some shit up, but uh, I no will spoilers. Say, I will say, watch the show because you're going to see a lot of uh, connections. What's it on? Definitely Hulu, but I don't know what the channel is. Okay, Hulu. If you want to uh, give us a little, you know, no, we're not selling out yet. No, it's okay. We have, no, we, have, we have nothing to sell out to. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> we have to have people interested. We have to have buyers. Is anybody listening to you're this, you're, this you're, thing you're, on? You're walking into like, into like, uh, I don't know. Who's a good like corporate sponsor? Who's a big one? Um, uh, a Dollar Shave Club. So yeah, Dollar you're, you're calling out well. Dollar Shave Club and you're like, no, I'm not going to sell out to you fuck. And they're like, hmm? Oh. oh, okay. That's fine. <laughs> Dollar Shave Club really is a great deal, though. Let me tell you, um, I mean, just the, the, there is a thing called razor cost. You know, when you buy a new razor, it's not the cost of the razor. It's the cost of the blades. Dollar Shave Club is a great way to get around those costs. That's just a sample of the advertising space that you can fucking have, Dollar Shave Club. <laughs> well done. Fucking, yeah. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Thank you, everybody. Once again, this was episode four, The Wood Chipper Murder. If you want to reach out to us, hit us up on Twitter at a Dark Tale Pod. 
If you want to send any inquiries or questions or maybe you have a case suggestion for us, I'm definitely open to that because, hey, there's there's a flurry of information out, out there and we can't get to all of it. So we'd like some help. Yeah. And you can do that at darktailpodcast at gmail.com. Not DuckTales. Completely different. Not DuckTales, no. woo Do not send anything to DuckTales podcast. <laughs> not anything concerning murder. No, not, not any of our stuff. I have pics from the crime scene. If you, here you go, DuckTales. If you, if, if, if you want to talk about Scrooge McDuck, go for it. But don't talk about us. Signing off, everybody. Thanks again for listening. Thank you, everyone. Tune in next week. Bye-bye. Bye.